So Money episode 88, Jesse Draper. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome, welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for making time for this show. Uh, This show is not going to disappoint. Today's guest, she's a digital media pioneer and an incredible inspiration to me and millions of other entrepreneurs, particularly those in the media world. Her name is Jessie Draper. She's the creator and host of The Valley Girl Show and CEO of Valley Girl Inc., She has produced and distributed over 200 interviews with some of the greatest minds in business. I'd love to get these folks on this show. People like Ted Turner, Mark Cuban, Sheryl Sandberg, Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google. After six successful years hosting her own talk show online, she's expanding it now to television with a new series on Fox TV up in Northern California. Jessie is now an avid supporter and an angel investor taking risks on other female entrepreneurs, just like so many other people, she says, once took a risk on her. This year alone, she's planning to invest a million dollars through her fund, Valley Girl Ventures, in early stage seed startups that have a female in the founding team. And in addition, she recently established a women in business organization that holds exclusive quarterly events across the country for cross-industry networking for cross-industry networking and support of women in business. So she is a woman's woman. I love Jessie Draper. During our interview, we learn why her dad, her dad tried to borrow money from a 10-year-old Jessie way back when and what the experience taught her. How she does the big ask when negotiating. You know, she's constantly in negotiation because of her company. What are her simple tips and strategies that you can use as well? And a fun game that you can play that she's played if you want to learn about the basics of investing. Here is Valley Girl, Jessie Draper. Jessie Draper, thank you so much for joining me on So Money. No problem. No problem. So many exciting things going on in your life right now. And just to um, give listeners some background, you are the host of The Valley Girl Show. And I have to give you major kudos for developing the show from the ground up all on your own. Um, You've interviewed top-notch guests from Sheryl Sandberg to Mark Cuban. The list goes on. Clearly, people love talking to you. And you took the show to new heights. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know, we've been online um, with the Valley Girl Show for about almost six years. And um I just decided it was time to take it to television, which is actually where I started. I was on a Nickelodeon show previously. And um, I, um, yeah, we took it to TV. So I'm really excited. Um, We're doing a syndication deal. We launch in Northern California. And um, hopefully you'll be able to see it in your hometown soon. I have to say that's really rare that an online show then makes its journey to TV. Um, Having worked... In the on the internet, doing online videos for several years myself, I know that is a unique, unique transition. So um, and a special one. So congratulations on that. Can't wait to. Uh, it must be exciting to introduce it to a whole new audience. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It, it was crazy. You know, I think we are still figuring out the digital world and I had done 35 different distribution deals on all non-traditional digital distribution from restaurants, to, you know, screens and hotels and hospitals and all these closed caption networks and um, YouTube. And I just, it just, you know, I haven't mastered it yet. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go back to the TV that I know. Yeah. <laughs> that I understand. <laughs> Let's go back to the Nickelodeon days. Okay. So this show is all about money, you know, not so much where you're investing, obviously, but you know, our ideas about money, our philosophies. And I have a feeling you're not somebody who has any inhibitions when it comes to talking about money. And that's going to be really important for us. So first question, Jesse, is, you know, what is, if you had one, what would be sort of your financial philosophy in life? You're a millennial, you're in your 20s, you've experienced far more than I would say the average Gen Yer uh, when it comes to career and money. What would be your personal financial philosophy, something that you live by that helps you manage your money well and wisely? Um, I mean, I think live within your means, but also don't be beholden to money. I think it's important to feel like you can spend money if you need to spend money. You shouldn't be too, you know, it's sort of like everything in moderation. Like you shouldn't be too frugal, but you shouldn't be, uh, you know, too, you shouldn't spend at every corner either. But I think it's just like, don't be a slave to money. And how did you learn that? Did you learn that through experience of your own or just you had good role models? Yeah, I've learned that through many experiences, but also through, um, yeah, you know, my dad really taught me about money from a very, very young age. So take us back to that young age. The next question is really about money memories. I think we all, as adults, our mindset about money is often shaped and dictated by some experiences that we had along the way, a lot of them rooting from childhood. So what's your early money memory, one early money memory that has shaped your mindset and give us the story. Take us there. I have so many actually, because um, my dad was always trying to teach us to be these like little business, you know, people when we were kids. And um, so I, I do remember this one sort of money mistake that I made when I was a little kid that I will never forget because now I understand what interest is. <laughs> and I was, um, probably like 10 maybe and um, maybe a little younger and my parents were saying oh we want to go to the movies but we need to go to the bank we don't have any cash and I was like I have cash like I've saved all this money I have like $20 and 25 cents in quarters or you know nickels or whatever I have and um, my dad was like okay well well can I because it's always a learning experience with him so it was like, okay, well, can I borrow that money, Jesse? And I said, yeah, yeah, um, you can borrow the money, but you have to pay me back. And he said, okay, well, I will pay you back because he saw me all of a sudden starting to have issues parting with all of this money that I had just saved. He's like, I will pay you back and I'll even do you one better. I will give you 25% interest on the money you lend me. Now, I did not understand what interest was, so even though he explained it to me, I still like could not understand what it was because I was just this little kid. And I so I ended up not lending him my money 
we went to the bank to get them money because I was so, I was like, what is this interest? It's going to mess up my money. I saved all this money. <laughs> so I didn't understand that. And now I will never forget what interest is because the moment I did understand, I was like, oh my God, I, I could have had so much more money. Right. 25% from the bank of dad. That is uh, unprecedented. Yeah. Wow. What was the movie, by the way, that you went to see with that with that money? <laughs> I think it was like Ninja Turtles. We Ninja Turtles, really, really awesome. Big, um, <laughs> superhero fans. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and so so today, do you do you do you have a hard time parting with your money? Is this something that you feel has stayed with you even over the years? No, I mean. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I feel like I've grown up with a really fortunate background and I, um, I always, I think now I've learned from my dad that you, you can spend and, you know, get a good return and you have to take a risk in order to get that reward. And, um, so I think that, you know, I have no problem parting with money, um, especially if it's for, you know, I really try to support like female entrepreneurs or, or if it's, you know, me buying a gift for someone. I just really, yeah, I really try not to be a slave to money and not think too hard about it. Let's talk about financial fails. We've all had them. Uh, what is a financial failure that you can speak openly about and the lessons learned? Um, I mean, I feel like they happen regularly. I'm an entrepreneur. You never know whether I invest in an entrepreneur who doesn't, who fails. I never look at that as a failure, actually. Like they tried, you know, they tried to make you a return. But um, that's, that's one kind of failing. Also, when I started my show, I mean, I think I didn't quite understand the idea of like, you know, budgeting and I didn't, I spent more than I should have, I think, on my initial show and just the equipment. And I didn't understand, you know, setting a budget and sticking to it. And so since that first season, I've been like very careful about that. And that was really frustrating where I didn't make money the first season because I had spent more than I should have. And I think that's probably, I think a lot of entrepreneurs deal with that, but um, that's sort of a simple, in simple terms. Yeah. So spending more than, you know, you're comfortably able to part with when you're starting a business, a lot of us bootstrap it. How did, yeah. how, what sort of uh, sacrifices did you have to make that first run um, being on a tight budget and probably overspending part, some of the way? Um, you know, we were trying to be under, we were really, really trying to bootstrap in general, but I still just didn't pay as much attention because I didn't, I just didn't pay as much attention as I should have to the finances because I thought we were being so good about bootstrapping. So it is important to just continuously check in with the expenses and your expense reports and just make sure that you are where you think you are. And I think that was a problem, but I'd been bootstrapping. I mean, our first season's crazy. Like the episodes are still online and you probably after hearing the story are like, wait, seriously, you spent too much this season. Um, because they're, you know, we filmed out of my parents' garage. It was a complete disaster. Like I duct taped lamps to the wall cause I knew nothing about lighting. Um, it was very, very, um, bootstrap. 
Let's talk about something positive now. The so money moment in your life. We all um, hopefully encounter financial wins, whether it was intentional or unintentional. And it could be something like, you know, you got that raise you negotiated or you uh, saved up and bought something really meaningful. You had finally the money to launch your business. Take us to that specific time in your life and, and share with us the steps that you took to achieve that quote-unquote, so money moment? So, you know, a couple of years ago, I feel like I was such a different person in terms of this, um, but I really did not negotiate anything. I was, like, shocked when people wanted to pay me for content, and I was like, I'll take it, whatever, you know, whatever you want to give me. And I learned that that was like way too accommodating just in general because you need to really do a little more due diligence than to just kind of accept a certain paycheck. Um, and so since then, and since Cheryl Sandberg, the amazing Cheryl Sandberg's, you know, whole lean in movement, negotiate, I've really started to negotiate everything and just been very careful about um, my negotiating because um, I don't know, I think women are afraid to negotiate. It's a, it's a weird thing. And I, the ironic thing is my dad grew up like when I was growing up, my dad taught me to negotiate He's like anything. You can negotiate anything. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that this really set in. And, um, so now I'm huge, you know, it's always exciting when we get a new sponsor on board and then, we negotiate with them or, you know, I get some kind of deal and I negotiate for, you know, a higher compensation and I negotiate every single time um, someone is, you know, giving me money in a sense these days because you, you really need to do your due diligence, make sure you're being compensated fairly and don't just be accommodating. I think that's a problem a lot of women have. So it's always a win when we get a new sponsor in and I negotiate a higher rate. And the earlier you can really practice this behavior, because it's really a behavior. And, and truthfully, like you said, it's not something that we're born comfortable doing. I think even for men, it's difficult, particularly for women, but also men. How do you do it successfully, Jesse? I mean, it's one thing to say that I'm good at negotiating, but... I think listeners really want to know, like, what, how do you do the big ask and how do you strategize it and how do you make it a win-win? Because um, I think that's, that's really where the lesson is, right? It's like, how do you even begin to, you know, phrase it so that you can get what you want? Well, you have to be able to back up, you know, your reasoning. Like recently I was negotiating something um, where they said, oh, but you're, you know, we're paying you for content and your talent, and this is our typical talent fee. And I said, well, I'm not normal talent because I'm I'm not only on camera. I also write and produce and do the research and do the booking and also run the whole production and I'm the showrunner. So, like, you need to pay me for that. It's not just the talent fee. Um, and so you need to be able to back up that argument and just know how to, and don't be afraid to ask. I mean, I think email is actually great for the initial ask. Sometimes what I do is I'll put together my reasoning and then I'll send it over and say, hey, I know we're about to have a call, but here's like the things I really want to go, here are my concerns and here is my reasoning. 
to look this over before we get on the phone because then they've had a minute to process it and it's kind of, it's not just going in cold. So know your worth. Don't be afraid to ask, just ask. And it sounds like it's good to prepare the other side ahead of If you can, yeah, if you have that opportunity, I think. But don't, I mean, you really just, I always tell women, like, just don't be afraid to ask. It's silly to be afraid to ask. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They say no, or, you know, that's the worst that could happen. They say no. (laughs) Well, I think even more than the fear of no is the fear of rejection. Like, okay, well, if you can't, we can't meet to agreeable terms, mutually agreeable terms, the deal is off. I think that there's that fear that if I attempt to negotiate, then they're going to be turned off to the point where they may not even give me the offer. And that is, I think, just yeah. a myth, right? That, sorry, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I think, no, it's an worries. I think that's a unfounded, that myth that if I, if I speak up and negotiate that I'm going to be turning them off and maybe turning them completely away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, typically they say, no, we can't do that. They're not going to turn you down completely um, because it's all a negotiation. It's a back and forth. And, you know, you can say, okay, you figure out a common ground that works for both of you. And, um, but I think it's really important to ask and fight for what you deserve. And I think, I, and I've studied this a lot. There have been a lot of academic studies about how women can ask successfully versus men. And some of the researchers find that for women who do, who negotiate, it's important to not only state your worth and to back it up, but also integrate some sort of uh, realization that, you know, me negotiating is a really good skill to have on the team, right? And if we're going to work together, you want somebody who is, uh, skillful at negotiating, who isn't afraid to speak up. You know, I hope that I'm displaying and exhibiting really at the end of the day, attractive qualities. And I think that needs to be brought to it, to their attention. And I think that again, makes it seem more like a win-win. Yeah. Cool. I... All right, Jesse, you're so money ritual. I want to know what is something that you do, uh, whether it's every day, every month, once in a while, it's a habit or a behavior that helps you keep track and stay on top of your money. Um, you know, for some of us, it could be something as simple as checking our Twitter feed for the latest money news or following our favorite stock or checking our bank balance. What do you do that's unique to how you manage your money effectively? Okay, there's, there's two, two things that I do. One, um, I do a lot of present, actually. I've talked about this a lot. So, um, it's, yeah, so anyway, I hope that I'm not boring anyone with this. But I am obsessed with LearnVest, obsessed with it. If you guys don't know what LearnVest is, it's an amazing um, service. It's like Mint.com for women. They're claimed to famous as financially free millions of women. Alexa Von Tobel is a friend of mine who runs this company. Um, they have a great app. They're simply like a mirror into your finances and um i actually signed up for their financial planner which is completely affordable it's like a hundred dollars a year or three hundred dollars a year for you know if you want them to help you uh with your portfolio or something and i my husband's actually an accountant so it's hilarious that i like want to use this financial planning service 
but he actually loves Learn Best as well. So we both, um, so I highly recommend signing up for Learn Best, using them. Um, they have been amazing for us. They actually like have been a good mediator where I'm like, no, that's my Starbucks budget. And my husband's like, what? And then, you know, the, the Learn Best financial planner is like, actually, that's a pretty common coffee budget for the area that you live in. And I'm like, thank you. I needed that Starbucks budget. So there's, I am obsessed with Learn Best. I also check in, they have this app and I think they call it like the money minute and you check in on your app like once a day just to sort of see where you are, you're at. Um, you can do it once a week, but um, I really, that's what I do to check in. Another thing that I love, if you want to learn about investing but haven't started investing yet, is um, when I was a kid, my dad made me play this game. It's like computer game on like an old PC called Gazillionaire Deluxe. And now I have been known to play it on occasion. It's hard to get your hands on, but you can actually, they have a website now. Um, but it is this really fun game where you are like in a, <clears throat> you have to buy a spaceship and learn to trade between planets. So you're like an alien, <laughs> but it's really fun because you learn how to invest and you're like, oh, there's an oil shortage on Pluto or whatever. And so you have to, you, you want to go to Pluto because then it's, you know, the rate of oil is increased. And there's, I just feel like I learned all about investing from this really, really nerdy computer game, but I love Gazillionaire, Gazillionaire Deluxe and I still play it. <laughs> it's called Gazillionaire Deluxe? Gazillionaire Deluxe. Okay, I'm looking this up right now. Gazillionaire, <laughs> your goal is to become a trade tycoon by starting a small company and building a business empire. Wow. I'm obsessed with it. Oh my God. Okay, you're a nerd, <laughs> Jesse. You're a total geek. I love you. I love you. And I love your dad for, de for being such a, such a role model. Sometimes it doesn't hit us until we're adults, just how much our parents influence us and how deliberate they were when we were growing up. So um, I'm sure he must be proud. <laughs> okay, yeah, last. He still plays it too, I'm pretty sure. Okay, this is the So Money lightning round. Jesse, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so this is where I ask you, I start off a sentence and then you finish it, okay? Okay. So first question, first, first uh, sentence. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, I would? Invest in female entrepreneurs. Right on. Any particular types of companies you like most? I like consumer focused. Mm -hmm. um, I like things that I can sell through my show. Um, I love technology, but I also love, um, you know, female focused consumer products typically. Awesome. Okay. Good answer. Next one. The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? Most recently, Soul Cycle. I'm obsessed. Soul Cycle. Yeah, we have this in New York too, right? It's like that totally yes. intense it's like session. A spin. Yeah. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot on is? Oh, gosh. Um, besides coffee, I don't know if it's besides coffee. Uh, I don't 
don't know if it's guilty. I'm like, the thing I spend the most on is travel. And I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure because it's usually for work, but I just feel like if you were like going to look through my bank account, you'd be like, I spend a ridiculous amount on travel. Um, and so any way to make my travel more comfortable is typically some sort of like luxury, guilty pleasure. Awesome. Where, where do you like to travel? Um, I mean, usually this is traveling for work. So I go kind of between San Francisco, LA and New York. So, um, you know, I'll go, I don't know whether it's some sort of, like I've forgotten my neck pillow, I have to get a new neck pillow or I, you know, go and get a nice glass of wine at the airport or something. I mean, it's just anything that makes me feel like I'm not always traveling is a luxury for me. You know, one thing I have read about that I think is so true, it's like the measure, how you measure your, your wealth and how you measure feeling rich is like just being able to enjoy the, the small luxuries in life without worrying about the price tag, you know, like being able to yeah. get yourself a glass of wine at the airport and not fussing over the fact that it's maybe $11. Um, exactly. or, you know, like putting your car, um, giving your car to valet instead of like looking for three hours for free parking, you know, that these are the things, sort of the small luxuries that make us kind of happy day to day and make life easier and smoother. And I think, you know, it sounds like you're living that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Right now, Jesse, I want to ask you how much is in your wallet and what are you going to use it to buy? <laughs> Cash. Yes. How much cash is in your wallet and what will you use it to buy likely? Okay. I actually like know how much cash is in my wallet because last night I had to borrow cash because I couldn't get out of the valet. Speaking of the valet. <laughs> um, and uh, so I actually have about 13 cents in my wallet right now um, because I never carry cash ever, which is probably a horrible idea. But um, with that 13 cents, I would probably buy whatever you can buy for 13 cents. Um, I would probably buy some kind of chocolate Yeah, because I am a chocoholic. I'll add a dollar to I'll probably to buy that. a really great – you'll add a dollar to my 13 cents? Yes. So you nice buy some nice you. Hershey chocolate. That's, yeah, it's a nice, delicious chocolate, probably with almonds and mm. some sea salt. Oh, yes, yes. Mass Brothers makes a really good dark chocolate sea salt with almonds. They're based in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Almost done here. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because blank. When I donate money, I typically give to BizWorld, which is uh, an organization. It's a nonprofit that my dad and I started to uh, encourage entrepreneurs and then the classroom. So it's for third through eighth grade. And it's a great program. We're in 80 countries now, which is amazing. And um, that's typically what I give to. So BizWorld. And I'm so money because I'm so money because I, oh, I'm so bad at this. I'm really bad at, so this is like, I'm so money yeah. because of something I do. Whatever. I mean, it could be like, you know what? I saved $5 at CBS yesterday, or it could be, I'm so money because I invest in women entrepreneurs or I'm so money because, you know, whatever comes first to mind. We're all, the point is, is we all have things that we should be proud of in our financial lives. It's really easy to focus on the negative. And I want this show to be really uplifting for listeners to give them the motivation to focus on the things they're doing right. And so 
give us some, you know, inspiration, Jesse, just a little dose, you know, something that you feel proud of financially. I'm so money because. I'm so money because I am investing a million dollars in female entrepreneurs this year. Whoa. What? And just for <laughs> listeners out there, Jesse is under 30. Are you making these lists? Like, I need to nominate you for, like, an under 30 under 30. Seriously. <laughs> I'm Yes, I'm 30 under 30. Amazing, Jesse. Um, how lucky for those female entrepreneurs to have you as one of their supporters and backers. There, yeah, I, I mean, I just love female entrepreneurs. I feel like so many people took risks on me, and um, it's really nice to be able to take risks on them. And I discovered there was a problem when I was doing my show because there's just not enough women in technology in general. Um, and then as I started to do more research, I realized just, you know, obviously the numbers are, speak for themselves. Like, there are just not enough women running companies. And so I, my first season, I interviewed three um, women and 25 men. And that was actually very difficult for me to find those three women. And so since then I've tried to interview 50% women and I've stayed true to that, but it is very, very difficult. And so I really want to encourage that ecosystem as much as possible because we just need more female role models, need more women like you putting yourself out in the media. I think that's all part of the problem. Well, thank you. And I guess since you have so much experience working with entrepreneurs or an entrepreneur yourself, what would be your biggest tip specifically for women out there who have a great idea, they don't know how to start it, they don't, they're afraid to put themselves out there, what would you say to them? I would say just do it. I mean, we spend so much time convincing ourselves not to do things and all of the reasons and millions of reasons why we shouldn't do it. And um, I say just go for it and also, you need to not be able to hear the word no or any discouraging, I don't know, sometimes you have a friend who says like, oh, you won't be able to do that or that's going to be hard and you need to just not, just don't listen to them. Like entrepreneurs, you have to be super crazy positive and like just kind of rise above all of these no's and you need to be able to only see your vision and just go for it. Like just ignore all of the rest of it. You know what you think you can do and you can do it. Just go. I love that. I love that. Jesse Draper, thank you so much. Tell us where we can find you and, um, you know, yeah, tell us where we can find you. Um, check out the Valley Girl Show at valleygirl.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Draper or at Valley Girl Show. And um, I'm on every social media, so uh, at Valley Girl Show on Facebook, Instagram. You can find very accessible online. What's your most favorite social network? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest? Instagram is for sure my favorite right now. Like, I actually, like, need to limit my hours on Instagram <laughs> because it's so it, – first, I followed just friends. Then I started following news sources. Then I started following celebrities I like. Not endless content. It's like a constant flowing magazine of everything I love. Want to hear something silly? Yes. Somebody just asked to connect with me on LinkedIn and I didn't recognize the person and I looked at their profile and the occupation for said person was Instagram celebrity. Oh, is yeah. that an occupation? What's that? 
I didn't even know that was an occupation. No, it's not real. It's not in my book. This is not a legit occupation, but it just goes to show you, you know, where we are in the world right now. And I guess you can have a YouTube celebrity. You can have an Instagram celebrity. I I suppose. I mean, when you got like a hundred thousand followers, I guess that's yeah. That's a you could make a profit model around that. Yeah, I guess that's something. That's crazy. I once had a. um, This doesn't relate at all, but I once had. Some, a friend or someone asked me on Facebook to be my friend and the name was, the first name was Sex Monster. <laughs> oh yeah, was like, Sex Monster. I'm kidding. Like, yeah, I was like, um, if your name is Sex Monster, I don't think you can be my friend on Facebook. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, um, smart move, not friending Sex Monster. Uh, although I guess we should be flattered. Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesse. I will be looking for you. You're, uh, you are one to watch, and uh, I really appreciate you being on my show. No, anytime, anytime. Um, keep up the great work. Great, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Jesse, check out our website valleygirl.com, or you can follow her on Twitter at Jesse Draper, or also at Valley Girl Show. You can also check out the fun game she mentioned to help you learn about investing. It's called Gazillionaire Deluxe. We've got all this information at somoneypodcast.com. There, of course, also the transcript, the comments, and also a place where you can ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh. Ask away about money, career, guests, family, balance, life. Uh, I'm all ears. And I'm also all ears to your feedback. If you have suggestions or um, some constructive criticism, please, I welcome that. And as a reminder, if you'd like the chance to win a free 15-minute money session with me, just hop on to iTunes and there, leave a review for the show. Each Saturday, I then select one new reviewer to receive a 15-minute money blitz with me. And I've been doing this now for over a month and I've had great, great success with it. A lot of fun getting to know lots of you one-on-one. And so if this interests you, I encourage you to leave a review on iTunes and hopefully we will connect soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Lots more to come. Hope to see you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money.